Cody's right here, so. Oh, he topped Whoa. it. He cold topped it. Okay. Ready to go. Yeah. Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he on the sink. Welcome to the Bogey Boys podcast. You're joined here by Kevin. I have been the Masters Whitaker and Mark Lachlan. <laughs> what? There we go. A week. You see what I'm wearing? Your Masters jersey. Where'd you get that from, mate? <laughs> I got it from Augusta, you know. <laughs> <laughs> have to put the a banner. First time I've ever wore it, you know. You picked the time to do it. Didn't even know it was Masters Week, honest. <laughs> it's not what the text say. <laughs> <laughs> Masters Week. Honestly, this is like Christmas has come early, isn't it? It's boss, isn't it? I, last week when I was saying it should be summer, it should be the start of the season and all that, and like, and it's not the same, but it's fucking still the same, isn't it? Like, I was watching all sorts today, just buzzing for it, man. I can't wait. I think why everyone was a bit put off by it was because people were saying, oh, it's in November, it's not going to be the same. And then for me, Polter put a video on his Instagram and went round and showed you that, and it just looked exactly the same. And you were thinking, yes, it, yeah. we have got it good. It's sick, isn't it? Yeah, so today's show, we're going to talk a lot about what's to come this Thursday, Augusta <laughs> National, the Masters Championship, yeah, the, the return of Tiger, defending his crown. Everyone's on the edge of the seats about this GOAT debate, but we're going to put that on hold for a week. The GOAT, the GOAT debate will be delayed for one week only. Don't worry, you'll have it back next week. You've got a, You've got it... Um... A quiz between us testing each other on a few questions instead and just pure master's spiel. <laughs> Before we get to that though, Kev, did you play golf this week? I did, yeah. I played um, I played the last day before the lockdown kicked in in the UK and uh, got on the tee. We were there like 20 past seven or something. And honestly, there was about 70 our fellas on the tee. There was three groups. There was a group on the tee. There was two groups. Uh, like on the like one in the middle of the fairway, one by the green, and there's one leaving the green because all they, the R fellas do is they hit it 20 yards and run after it. Don't even think they put the only say, only say is when they got in, How did you play? Well, I got round in three hours 20 minutes. Me, how did you play? Oh, it took me three hours 50. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where's the golfer? Where is the golfer? But, you know what I mean? But I played with yeah, three pros and me thought I was going to be out my league, but. It was me and David against this other pro who's actually got, got his Euro Pro card who said he'll come on for an interview as well. Hayden and this other lad, Mike. Me and David took him to the cleaners, man. Like, nice. my game was raised. I was holding putts. I chipped in, which I called last week as well. The high toe chipping. With my new high toe chipped in. And honestly, David said to me on that, it was on the 10th. I did is it right. Hayden was just in front of the green. Um, I did it just to the side and he chipped it up. And David goes, We've given them this hole here. But we were th- we were four up. But David really because he's a Euro pro and like David like doesn't really play that much. He wanted to beat this lad so bad. So we give them a hole here, and um, I went. I'm gonna chip in now. I don't worry about that. And then <laughs> fucking chipped in, man. We would honestly. I was proper like Tiger fist pumping and everything. <laughs> Did you get the Arcos out again this time? Honestly, mate, it was unreal because it, it literally it started to as as I saying last week. It was giving me little hints on what to it, and I wasn't fully trusting it. But now it, I've hit a few more and it's got me average distances and it's really... With with a few of the longer clubs, I haven't hit them all that much, but with the lower clubs, like wedges, 9 52 and that, it's really starting to to give... Especially between 8 and, eight and wedge, it hasn't half-helped by thinking 
with the wind and stuff, I'd, I'd usually try and force a nine. It's telling me to, it's an eight, and I'm like, mm, and then I hit the eight, and it's pin iron. Like as we said, you can't go wrong with pin iron, can you? But another another good one, like Arcos can't even help you with this one. I got me, I got a new shaft put in my driver, and then I had it on the lower setting, and I asked David in the shop to put the grip on backwards to lower, so the whole thing was just straight yeah. down. And then on the eighteenth, I pulled it out. And I could see the grip writing like right in front of me. And I was like, what the fuck's happened here? This has moved. And he's like, oh my God, I thought that might happen. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> the fucking head had spun round in the in the hosel. How the fuck's that happened? I know, he hasn't glued it in properly, the wanker. <laughs> <laughs> go to go to David for golf lessons, don't go to get yeah, your don't go for repairs. <laughs> I think it was one of them, he done it for free. He said, I'll sort that out. He's just done it in about five seconds, a Pritt stick or something. <laughs> You'd think he wasn't on your team, wouldn't you? <laughs> I know. But um, that lad Hayden, he's probably he plays every day and I was showing him the Arcos. I was like saying to him, I'm not trying to sell you to you like anybody was like, Oh, that's like unreal, do you know what I mean? For for the people who are practicing every day. Like what you just don't take into account is how strong the wind is actually blowing when you can't feel it. So yeah. say if you play two holes into each other, like say the seventh and eighth that form your all, the seventh can be a bit sheltered when yeah. you're getting to buy the green. So you forget. So you let your drive into the wind, and then as soon as you get in the fairway, you could have like 220 in. And it was telling me it was a three wood, and I was like, I can probably get there with a rescue, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I thought, and then I thought, oh, and I looked, it's a 12 mile an hour into. And I don't even think three what I hit full three when it wasn't even enough. Yeah. So it just that's where that rescue could balloon up and go in the water. And it's it's a shot save or two shots too easy. Definitely. The old way of doing it, get the blade of grass, throw the blade of grass up and see where see where it goes to check how, how strong the wind is. When you got this technology to tell you, look, this is a one MPH club wind. Like, one club wind, two club winds, whatever. Yeah. And you start trusting it, then you know you're more confident over the shot because there's, ne- there's nothing worse than thinking I'm going to have to absolutely nail this four iron or nail this five iron I need to give everything I've got whereas if the wind's telling you well look this four iron's going to be well enough and like you say you are going to take those one, two, three shots off your, off, off your game aren't you? Well that's it and even the blades of grass if you're sheltered it's going to look like there's no wind when you throw the grass up and I, and I, I don't know how it works with playing with comps and stuff like that but it just probably gets you in that mind frame of of knowing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it's getting that feel, isn't it? Once you, you can, it's telling you that it's a 12, 30 mile an hour wind, then you can feel that, what that what that feels like. You don't just see your blades of grass go there and think, God, oh, this is 20, 15 mile an hour, this, do you? Like, yeah, if this if this blade of, if this blade of grass goes five yards, I know it's a 20 mile an hour wind. I know, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> and the sun's at about one o'clock there, yeah, that's yeah. the time. It does. It takes away that thought process. It literally is like having your own caddy, and that's what it's called. Well, it yeah, is, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Just a shame that we can't play at the minute because it'd be good no. to it'd be good to get those numbers dialed in ready for next season because we, we like we've like we've said week in week out we're really gonna have a go aren't we get in the gym yeah. try and get our score down as low as we can but in the meantime we've just got to watch the watch the main fellas go out haven't we? they had they had the Cyprus showdown what do you think of it I'm a bit mad like I don't understand as well why they had two tournaments back to back at the same golf club but this one it was so it was thirty six hole stroke play. But instead of cutting the field in half, it was only the top 32 that yeah. progressed to round three. But then, weirdly, all the scores went down to zero. So everybody started from scratch again. And then you play another 18 holes. That would be the showdown, the shootout as such. And then it would be the top 18 scores, then go to the final 18, and then you reset again. So then the lowest score on the last day is the winner. And it was Robert McIntyre who shot a seven under 64 who took it, wasn't yeah, it? See, I, I like it, man. I, I reckon it's quite, it's good mentally because you know, 
you can if you're just getting through. You've when you go to bed on that Saturday night, you're waking up Sunday and you are level with everyone. Yeah, exactly. I mean? Yeah, exactly. But then it, it, at the other end, if you've played unbelievable golf and in normal events, you'd be maybe two or three shots ahead, and and then all of a sudden you lose them shots. You're gonna think, Jesus, I've done all this for nothing. Yeah, I suppose, but. It's one of them. Like, did you have? I, I didn't quite catch how the score difference between one and eighteen was when they went through. Like, what would it have been? Would it have been much of an advantage? Like, or I didn't see if they would have played normal stroke play. Robert McIntyre wouldn't have won. He would have come second. He had a total seventy-two hole score of twenty under par. But Jonas Veerman, the American, he had the lowest score. Or he was twenty-two under par, so he would have won by two shots. Yeah. So we are then McIntyre. Has still played a solid four days, and he it's not like he scraped yeah. through come 18th. Um, um, was a couple under, and like he would have been like six shots behind or something, and then yeah. he's been reset and he's just pipped it by one. Is it like he's he's still had four solid rounds, and he to be 20, well, 20 under? Jamie Jamie Donaldson after three rounds was 18 under par, and Robert McIntyre after three rounds was 13 under par. So going into the final round, Jamie Donaldson, who's an experienced ex Ryder Cup player, won on the European Tour plenty of times, being there, done it. He's five shots ahead of the eventual winner going into that Sunday. So if you're looking at that and you forget the shootout, it realistically, is he going to... I mean, Jamie Donaldson shot four over final day. So when you look at it from that perspective, he would he finished 14 under for the tournament. But what I'm saying is, if he had a five-shot lead on Robert McIntyre, would Robert McIntyre have caught him? In the normal, well, that's what I'm saying. So it's mentally, it mentally fucks people who uh, should have been ahead. Yeah, it mentally helps people who would have been behind. Yeah, it's a bit of a mad one, isn't it? I don't dislike it. I think it's a good, it's a good change. It's something different, but it's just you can imagine some of the players who have played unbelievable golf for three days, then get to the final day and it doesn't quite work out for them because Jamie Donaldson he shot. 18 under for three rounds, and then the, on the day that it counted, he shot four over. So you can imagine what's the Yeah, but then even if it was four rounds, it still would have been, he might still have had the shocker. He's left that probably get to him, Annie, that he's I think so. getting, getting reset, Annie. So, yeah. But yeah, we, we had the Houston Open as well, didn't we? Did you watch much of that? Yeah, I did. Do you know what? There was some crazy scores. Us bogey boys, we love the bad golf, don't we? Loving it, man. <laughs> did you see some of the yeah, scores? I, I wish we had uh, that me and my golf Augusta thing on that because we could watch them making 11s and 9s and all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil Mickelson uh, on, the, on the second day, he was going all right, to be fair. And he made an 8 on the par 3 ninth hole. And then make it even better, Grace made an 11 on a par 5. That's what I mean. But there was a few interesting scores. The cut was plus three. So Tom Lewis was two over the English lad, Tom Lewis. Yeah. Decent, decent enough season last year. He was plus two on going on to the 13th tee. Uh, and he finished treble bogey on 13. That put him to five over. So he needed a good finish. And then bogeyed the last five holes to finish plus 11. It must have been a tough that the back nine because a few people fell off like like yeah this is it I think it's because of the water if you slightly go offline everything was turning into the water so there was no forgiveness on it. it was it was tough to be fair another player that we spoke about there Brendan Gracie had that eleven but he was actually on the second day he was one under through ten holes so he was actually up there close to the leaders because I think the leaders were like four or five under um, and then he made bogeys on 11 and 12 to put him to plus one made a par on 13 so with six holes to play he's plus one the cuts plus three and then in his last six holes he shots 10 over <laughs> including that 11 what's going on what are they doing even worse than my six hole record there <laughs> <laughs> hey speaking of mad scores there's a bit of a 
Um, money handing over to be in order, really. Yeah, no course, no um, no eleven under, ten under. Did we say? Well, no, I said the course record will be broken. Yeah, the and course record. There's There's a bit of controversy, isn't it is not it? Because I said Fred Funk holds the course record with a sixty-two, and you said the course record will be beaten. So I said that they need to shoot ten, eleven under to do that. But you said you want the course record to be beaten. But the course has changed since Fred mm, Funk. That's set. a bit of a. I feel like you're dogging it on a bit of a technicality here because you. <laughs> That's wrong. But I think we, like, we have to put a little vote out there. Alpo, do you think Mark should pay Kevin because the course record was beaten? Or do you think Mark's in the right because he said he wouldn't shoot a Less six than 60. Spot? Yeah, less than 62. So my, my, my size of the argument is I said nobody would beat the score 62. You said the course record would be broken. The course record was broken, but nobody but shot 60. less than a 62. Three people shot it as well. You know, mad that, isn't it? Including Matsuyama on the final day. Yeah. Yes, so did they. Taylor Gooch on the last day as well. The other one was... Mackenzie Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian. Yeah, he shot it on... Was, was the second day, was it? Yeah. yeah. So is, 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 he broke it. Then he then who gets it there then? Or everyone or what? He's just so the tie, yeah. To do it. I think it's just... No, just tied, yeah. So it's just the three of them would be... Would oh, no, be do you know what I think it is? I think it's Mackenzie Hughes gets it and then them two have just equaled it. They haven't beat it. Fact check. Fact check that. Like, <laughs> just that, how right does it sound though? It does sound right. You got it first. First come, first save. That's right, the winner, because he's got it. And then they haven't beat it, have they? They just equaled it. You don't get nothing for equaling it, do you? No, yeah. Go on. We'll fact check it. We'll see fact check it that. Yeah. But you spoke there about someone who did shoot um, one of the course records in the final day, Matsy Armour. 63. I'm good to the, I'm good to the, uh, not allowed to speak his name again because he's been kiboshed. <laughs> he actually had a put for the um, 62 on the last quite close on 18 yeah. yeah yeah he did it was interesting finishing going into the going into the final few holes there's a war is in the middle of the fairway he's got to watch DJ finish the 16th DJ hit it right on that hole Chip, yeah. Chip wasn't the best then missed his put and then Ortiz had 221 yards in into the 16th, and he's knocked this six iron to about five foot. It was unbelievable. Adds about a five foot putt for Eagle. He misses that, so he only takes a one shot lead. While that's happening, Matsuyama is birdieing 16 and 17. Yeah. So he's just one behind. So at this point, you've got DJ at 11 under, you've got Matsuyama at 11 under, and Ortiz birdies 16 uh, to go 12 under, takes a one shot lead. Um, coming down 18, Matsuyama, like you've said, there he's got that short putt, well, shortish putt to make birdie to tie. About 10 it. foot, one About 10 foot. He misses that. He finishes 11 under. DJ then smokes one down 18. He got 100, 153 yards he had in. It's a smooth 99 nine to about 20 foot and then misses the putt. So then Ortiz then he rips his driver down the middle of 18, but he's got a 177 yards in. Yeah. Back of the hole, 25 foot. Clutches your life straight in, and then obviously it brought him to tears. Third ever Mexican to win on the PGA Tour. You know what impressed me most about Ortiz closing it out was on 17. He was standing over the ball. He had like 165, 166, whatever it was, um, into wind, over water, over water, and then he stops. He speaks to the caddy. He comes off the ball, and then he must be doing that. I think it's a Swedish thing, like a Swedish psychologist thing. Fact check. Fact that. check that again. Take, take your grip, your glove off, like you know, the velcro on your grip, and that means you're like off. And then when you put the grip on, the glove on, the velcro means you're on. Your head's on. 
So when right. he stopped and he come off the ball again, spoke to the caddy, took his glove off, like the, the Velcro, and then spoke to the caddy again, and he done it like three times. Yeah. And then he so he, and then he settled over the ball, put his glove back on. So that must be his little thing that he does. He put it between the water and the flag, didn't he? Yeah. It was a nervy shot still in the air. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. He's probably thinking to himself, just get over. Anywhere on the green will do. I'm but surprised fair. when it lands on the green, he didn't do like Ric Flair, like, woo! <laughs> he probably wasn't as head. But going back to what you said there about the glove, I don't know what the weather was like there and whether it was hot and sweaty, but he kept doing the thing with his, his towel because he'd wipe his hands with his towel. So whether it was just nerves and that was obviously why he was he was sweating a little bit more, or whether it was just the fact that that's a part of a pre-shot routine when he's under pressure. But he handled it well, to be fair. Ended up winning by two shots in the end. Yeah. Unbelievable. Obviously, obviously his palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. (laughs) The only things he's missing there is the vomit on his sweater. (laughs) And mom's spaghetti. (laughs) He's Mexican, not Italian, isn't he? Mom's burrito. (laughs) Yeah, but a few statistics from the tournament. So the, the the big boys were back out there, as we know. Brooks Kepka was out there. He had an unbelievable finish to the tournament. He shot 65-65 after only just making the cut. He was two over through the first two days. He finished eight under, tied for fifth for the tournament. But it's good to see him back playing well again after his injuries. So yeah. hoping, hoping for a good week for him at the at the Masters this week. Um, but surprisingly, Adam Scott, who, who retained with DJ after, since covid he led the field with driving distance. He got it out there on an average 326 and a half yards. Not really, you don't see Scott as a big boy, do you? I know, obviously, no. like he's a tall pro, but you just don't think of him as a bomber, do you? No, but he was closely followed by DJ. DJ was second, but DJ's statistics for the week were really good. He, uh, he Driving distance was 323 yards, so not that far. Um, three yards behind the average of, of Scott. So he's there or thereabouts, but he led the field. Yeah, but he's known as a bomber, though, isn't he? This is it, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? But he led the field with greens in regulation. He was just under 80%. So he gave himself chance after chance. Do you know what I mean? And he yeah. just he just wasn't holding anything. Well, say, say he wasn't holding anything. He was just not holding as much as he should have been because he could have really ran away with the tournament. He, he was averaging 30 puts around. And you compare that to the winner, Ortiz, he was averaging... 27 and a half puts around. So it's an extra two and a half shots a day. And when you do that over the four days, it's a 10 shot difference there. Um, and and he's D, he, DJ's only lost out to him by two shots. So it just makes me think. And DJ shot level par first round as well. So he's at, oh, two, oh, 72. Yeah. First round, didn't he? So he's obviously not exactly got off to a flyer, has he? This is it. Yeah. So maybe. You don't know, maybe he had a bad day put on first couple of days and then it, and then it improved. Yeah. I didn't look at it day by day, but even average puts per round 30. The tour average is around 30. And you're not if if you if you're having tour average putting statistics, you're not going to win tournaments, as as no. we've always said. You can hit it as far as you want, you can put the ball in play as often as you want. But if you're not holding them puts, then you're not gonna win, you're not gonna win tournaments, are you? So yeah. one thing I've got to say about the putting is is this aim point and the green book and, and and he's not a slow player, DJ. He's quick on the ball. He tees it up, he whacks it, he get, he gets in the fairway, he gets his distance, he puts it on the greens, tee to green perfect. But when he gets on the greens, he takes so much time. Him and his caddy Austin, which is his brother, isn't it? Yeah. He just they've got the book out, they're looking at it from every angle. Um 
they're doing the aim points. He's got Austin doing the aim points while he's looking both sides and, in, in, and he's holding the putt. It just That's sometimes it's like it's like Tommy does the aim point, don't he? And it's like I was speaking to uh, Ian about it, in, in Tommy's caddy, yeah. And he was saying that you go around with like a level, put it yeah. on the green, but like you get a, an electric one, so it's like not got a bubble, it's actually got numbers, and you put it on the slopes. You're putting your fingers one, two, and, and you and whatever finger it is, it's the that's the amount of, of break that you put into it. I think that's sort of what I gathered from what he said. So obviously, fact check as always. <laughs> <laughs> but even if you even if you're saying that though, you're relying so much on the tech the technical aspect of your fingers being in the right position. There's so many variables that can go wrong for that. And I just yeah. think, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've never used it, I've not really looked into it so. And I'm not anywhere near at the caliber that they are playing wise. But I just think when you when you look at them doing it and they're not holding put after put, are they are they thinking too much about it? Why not just read the put as you see it on the eye? I've always seen put on his feel. You've got to have that feel. And it's one of them as well. They've made it like he's world number one. He's made it that far without all this. So and like don't you don't see many juniors using it, do you? You don't see many like of the boys on like the Euro Pro and that doing it going around with levels because they've got time. Well, this is the haven't got... around and get the numbers, have you? Yeah, but they're still they're still able to shoot. That's what I'm saying. They're still shooting sixty in the sixties. Of course, they are, yeah. And like they've still worked their way up the rankings and all that. So it's like just gets a bit much, I feel. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The good thing the good thing about Augusta turning up for us again is they don't allow the green books. They, I, thought they, I, didn't, I thought I didn't notice one when I was there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have this whole fucking episode, aren't we? Well, when I was there... <laughs> you know what I was, well, one thing I was going to pitch in on there, and I was just going to say, but I wanted to have a look. Well, every time I seen Kepka missing the green, he, I thought he was making bogey, he was struggling, money. So yeah. I looked back there, so he's tied second with birdies for the week. Yeah. And his strokes approach to the green and his strokes around the green, he's 83rd and he's 37th. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and his driving actually was sixty seconds, so he's he seems rusty, even though he's shooting good scores. Well, he's still making making the birdies. He's just a bit loose, isn't he? Well, this is it, and I looked at his statistics, and I think he was for putts. I think he was third or fourth for putts per round. So sixth, sixth for putts per round. So yeah. he, he's he's holding putts, and that and ultimately, like you've just said, there his statistics show that he's all over the place. Mm. But when he was getting on the greens, he was knocking the putts in, and. Yeah. If he's if he's got the same statistics as DJ from T to Green, then he's going to win by it's a ridiculous amount. Which just shows you when DJ turned it on at what tournament was it where he shot thirty under? It was uh, the Northern Trust. The Northern Trust, yeah. So that's when he's putting every element of his game together. He's holding all the putts and he's yeah. winning by it. It just shows the talent of the man. He's got it, Annie. He? Obviously, he's he's easily the best player in the world, isn't he? Nobody comes close to him. I don't think so. Is this point aim working? I don't know. When did he even adopt that? When did he start using it? I've no idea. I don't think he was using it at that Northern Trust. But there was some good, there was some bad, and there was some ugly elements of golf also, this week. Also known as the birdie bogey bust. Ah, uh, birdie bogey bust. I'll I'll chip in with the birdie first. We spoke about Phil Mickelson making an eight on the ninth. You yeah. fast forward nine holes later, he's eleven over. He's got 193 yards. His last shot of the tournament because he's missed the cut. Wallop straight in the hole. Bounce, yeah. bounce, roll in. Unbelievable shot. And just, just think- got to take that to Augusta, Annie, and just keep thinking of that one shot and forget about the nines and the eights or whatever he made. This is it, yeah. So that was Phil making the making his two on 18 for Eagle. 193 yards. That's our birdie for the week, as you say. He's taking that to Augusta. 
unbelievable stuff. What about the bogey? Well, the bogey's got to be. Well, I noticed forgetting every guideline that's ever been out there. Uh, Ortiz walking down, fist bumping every um, spectator, and then crying, <laughs> rubbing his face. <laughs> COVID. The hands face safe. <laughs> COVID alert. <laughs> yeah, it's madness, isn't it? Speaking of COVID, though, that's our bust, isn't it? Just We've just got news in there. I'm gutted for him. Oh, I know, Sergio. Sergio Garcia. After after such an emotional season for him, winning the Sanderson after losing a couple of family members to COVID, the Masters comes up, past winner, and he's he's had to pull out. Hope he gets well soon. We like Sergio, don't we? Love him, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. But it's, it's just, it's just uh, one thing after another for him, that, isn't it? If he's lost two uncles and now he's got it. Yeah. He'll probably be assuming the worst, won't he? But hopefully he's fit and healthy, and he so he should power through. You'd hope so. Big moves in the Order of Medicare. Big moves. I just know all I care about is you haven't caught me. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No. It's our it's our finale this week. So yeah. as we've as we've built this up, we hope everyone's enjoyed it. Um, we don't we don't spend too much time talking on we won't and we won't today because we want to move on to the masters and the build up to what is going to be an unbelievable week of golf. Yeah. Uh, but uh, your picks this week, do you want to go through them first, Kev? Yeah, my my picks were uh, Wyndham Clark, Russell Henley, and Scotty Scheffler. Miss cut tied 29th, and he was leading after round one and then deflated like your average kid's party balloon and finished 32nd. <laughs> So when you get a five points, don't you? Giving you a hundred and five. I know. I didn't do much better, really. I got I picked Brooks. Um, we mentioned him before. Bad start. Plus two just made the cut, and then he turned it on. Sixty-five, sixty-five, eight under, tied fifth. So for a top ten, that gives me ten points, uh, and it's going to give him confidence going into this yeah, week's Masters, definitely. Uh, Tony Fina was there or thereabouts. Uh, it's four under going into the final day. Um, but finished one over so um, for the day. So three under for the tournament. He was tied 24th. Uh, and then Lee Westwood, God knows why I picked him. <laughs> 77, first round, seven over. Ended up missing the cup by four in the end, so I got minus five. So 10 points for and me. Yeah, you know what I actually remember you saying? All that work he's putting in in the gym and he's doing this, he's smashing it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I am close to the bottom and not the top of the order of merit. Yeah, and shite like that. But yeah. Um, so Westwood got me minus five. Finau got me five. And Brooks got me 10. So 10 points. So I'll gain five on you. So now I am 28 points behind you. I could easily swing that, you know. It's double points, remember? Double points. So it'd be interesting to see who our picks are. At the end of our review of the Masters, we will reveal all. But I couldn't believe how tight it is at the top as we go into finale week. Joey D has regained the lead at the top. He's currently on 183 points. By the way, this was the highest scoring week since we started. So, um, apart from That's me... Because you had a couple of the big boys up the top, innit? Yeah. A couple yeah. of the favourites, Matiama, DJ and Kepka. What are the yeah. three favourites, really, weren't they? And then well, they D- were- DJ was the most picked player. He was picked eight times out of everybody who'd done that. So, they're all getting 15 points off, off the bat. Me and you never picked yeah. it. Shows how good we are at this game. Just I just I like to, I don't like to pick the world number ones and all that. Do you know what I mean? It's too easy, too easy. Yeah. I like That's a bit of fun. That's why I'm changing the rules for next year because you can get more of your outsiders. <laughs> Testing the waters this year. Yeah. 
So Joey D's regained the lead, but he's only one point ahead of Aaron and Andy. So Joey D on 183. Then in second place, you've got Aaron and Andy on 182. Then a couple of points further back and forth is Josh, who was last week's leader on 178. That's followed by Kieran in fifth at 172. So there's only 11 points between first and fifth with double points. And then probably the last two in contention, uh, Craigo, he's on 157, so he's 26 off the lead. And Liam, 152, he's 31 off the lead. So Craigo got minus 25 last week for Hendrik Stenson. But oh. he was he was top scorer this week. He had yeah, seen his message in the Instagram saying, I fucking blew it now because I had because of Stenson. Because <laughs> he was up there, yeah. And then unfortunately, yeah. So he booked back with a bang. He got 40 points this week. He had uh, Tittle Hatton, who got a top 10 and got on 10 points. And he had Matsuyama and DJ, who both finished tied second. So we got 30 points for them. So 40 points, I think it's the, top, the highest total anyone's ever had. So well done, Craigo. Well yeah. Craigo, mate. But double points this week. So 50 points for the win, 30 points for top three, 20 points for top 10, 10 points for making the cut. But then this is where it gets interesting. So Pick your picks wisely. Minus 10 for missing the cut. And the cut this year is 50 and below. So only the top 50 are going through to the weekend. So you've got 93 players. So there's 43 that are not going to make it unless they're within 10 shots of the lead. And then they'll they'll get through on the 10 shot rule. Um, But then this is something that you don't want. So again, (laughs) we're we're taking the risk making our pick so early in the week because it's minus 50 for a withdrawal and DQ. (laughs) And with so much COVID going on, uh, this could be a, this could be an interesting one. I got it with it last time with DJ pick DJ pulled out minus 25. Otherwise I'd have been right up your ass. Yeah. I got it with with Stenson as well. Broken nail or something, didn't he? (laughs) So yeah, everyone make sure you get your picks in. That are participating and good luck for the final week. The winners are going to receive a free round of golf with the Bogey Boys, a match play. So you and a guest get to play the Bogey Boys at a venue of your choice, local venue of choice. We'll pay for it. Giving them an entrance into the Bogey Boys Golf Day. We are, yeah. No, no, that as well. So, um, and in addition, as well, yeah. And in addition, you'll get an entry for you and a guest, same guest or not, depends how well they perform on the day (laughs) against us. Um, that is for the BB Golf Day next year, which we are close to finalising. And I know we say this pretty much every week, but we will <laughs> be releasing details of that shortly. Well, you, what can you do if the lockdowns keep happening? We can't be. We could have booked it, and it's gone to shit, hasn't it? So we might as well plan it properly and do it in the summer, and everyone have a proper day out of it. Do you know what I mean? No, hundred percent, hundred percent, definitely yeah. interesting stuff. But now is the Masters time. I cannot wait for this, you know. I know. Well, I um, I put on the socials there, didn't I? About the um, what was on back to back to back to back this morning. Oh yeah, ninety-seven, two thousand and one, oh two, oh five, two thousand and nineteen in a row of oh. just footage of just the Masters and Tiger won. Well, speaking of Tiger, I put a vote on the socials about two hours ago, um, and it literally was Tiger Woods practicing. Is he going to win? And the votes are in. 11 to 5. So in the last two hours, 16 people have voted. 11 for no and 5 for yes. 69 to 31. People don't think Tiger's going to win. How dare they write him off, man? It's hard, isn't it? But it's a tough school out there at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, no, you're right. You know what I mean? How good will it be come Sunday 
Tiger in his red marching down that back nine. Mate, I'd fucking love it, you know. Yeah. So we've got 93 players in the field. So what we're going to do is we're going to give a run through of not all 93, but we're going to we're going to give a run through of the majority to see who's there this year, who we fancy, who could be a, an outsider, and we'll go from there. So you've got your usual your usual suspects, the ones that get invited every year, the likes of your Sandy Lyle, Larry Myers, the seven of the old guys returning. So. Sandy Lyle, 38 appearances he's had. Larry Myers, 36. Maria Alathabal, 30. Freddie Couples, 34 appearances. Mike Weir, VJ Singh and Bernard Langer make up the old bunch. Don't fancy any of them to do anything. No. It's a bit hard, isn't it? There's, they're not really about, are they? Like, I know the old people are winning like this year. Like, as you say, Sergio, Martin Laird, like... Um, Brian Gay and that, but they're about like the the playing like week in week out. These aren't are they really? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and it's it's one of the toughest tests in golf, if not the toughest test in golf. So the only yeah. thing that they've got on their side, age isn't on the side, distance isn't on the side, but experience of the course is how to play it. Yeah. Bernard Langer normally turns up, doesn't he? First couple of rounds, and VJ Singh pokes his nose there and thereabouts. But yeah, I just tired, isn't it? They won't, they're none of my picks this week anyway. <laughs> not way near, near. But one thing I did I did find interesting, and I don't know whether this is normal, but there's 21 rookies this year. 21 golfers who've never played the course before. And that's not including the amateurs. There's six amateurs in addition. Some of those are rookies, some of them are not. But 21 just, professionals. It just shows you, like these coming through, like you can, you can be on the tour for a year before you actually go to... Augusta, can't you? Like it's yeah, not a given. There's only so much space for them, isn't there? Because there's a few yeah. not- notables missing. It's hard to see how a rookie is going to turn up at Augusta, never played it before, given the challenges that the course gives, and they're just going to turn up and, and and win. It doesn't happen very often. Well, I had a look into it today to see how how rookies have fared, and like speaking of like when they're saying rookies, it's just obviously your first time you've ever played. But there's only three people who've ever actually won it on the first go. And like one was the first ever Masters tournament. It was everyone's first go. Yeah. One was the second ever Masters tournament. But that was first one was Horton Smith, 1934. Gene Saracen on his first go with the second time ever. And then only Fuzzy Zoller in 1979. What about Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods won it 97 his first go, didn't he? Well, that was his first go as a pro, yeah. But he'd already, he played in 96 as an amateur. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we'll, give him, we'll give him that. Because it's, yeah, I mean, I will. Like, do you want me to ring um, Guinness Book of Records now and change it? Just confirm that for us, Kev. <laughs> wow, is that Guinness? Yeah, I want Tiger sticking in there as a debut winner of the Masters, please. Thank you. Five pints as well, please. <laughs> so, 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 it's all good. Yeah, Tiger, and Tiger Woods as well now, apparently. Yeah, so there's four. We'll, we'll have that. We'll yeah. have that. So there's 21 rookies then this year. I mean, I haven't looked through the list you got players like Sung Kang. He won the AT&T by Nelson last year. Hasn't really done nothing since. He's 33. Can't imagine he's going to light it up. Nick Taylor, he's 32 now, but he was a former world number one amateur. Um, but he's missed four cuts in his last seven starts. Not- where, they, where they go, like when they, they come on that with that much promise. Like when I was watching the 2001, there was a guy, a Canadian fella, I can't remember his name. Anyway, but he was like the he was world number one or second amateur. And then, like, playing with Tiger was the week before, and he was playing with Tiger in the tournament, playing all these unbelievable shots back in 2001. Looked like a young prospect, and then I don't know where's he, he's nowhere to be seen. 
they just fall off. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 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 the pressures, isn't it? It's a totally different game. The amateurs to the professionals. Yeah. We've learned that on the professional route series that we're doing. That I suppose, yeah. the the difference in in caliber in class you're used to playing. It's it, it's a total different kettle of fish. Yeah. There's other players. Um, Andrew Putman. Nothing to get excited about. He's world number 149 at the moment. CT Pan. He won the RBS Heritage. Um, See, these we, are all rookies, but they're not like. Rookie, as in like tall rookies, are they? These have been about. No, exactly. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're not. They're not tall rookies. No, definitely not. And there's a few couple of names in there that surprised me, to be honest. To think, wow, have they not played there before? Other players that have won. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you win the previous year, you get an entrance into the in, into the Masters, don't you? So, the majority of them are players who've won the previous yeah. year, or they've got exempt in in some other category. Nothing really to shout about um, for those guys. One guy who, who I am getting excited about, who's, who's a rookie this year, is one of the European guys, the French lad, Victor Perez. He's been in form this year on the European Tour, played a lot of tournaments, and he's also got J.P. Fitzgerald on the bag, which is Rory's old caddy. So somebody who knows the course, knows where to miss, knows what to do, will be able to give him that experience. And if he can play as well as we know he is playing, I really fancy that he'll, he'll do well as one of the rookies to look out for me. Yeah, every time I seen Perez on the European Tour, I thought it was Pat. <laughs> the legend Pat Perez. I don't think is he playing? He's not playing, is he? So the J JT Poston as well. He's yeah. very good player. He won the Wyndham last year. Only twenty seven years old. He's a solid performer. He's always there or thereabouts on on the PJ Tour. So he's one to look out for. A new guy on the PJ Tour got his PJ Tour card this year. The tracky wearing scruff. Eric Van Ruyen. If anyone's, he wears his pants. He wears like three quarters, doesn't he? He like tracksuit pants, yeah. Weird, isn't it? Weird dressing, doesn't he? If anyone is going to turn up in a hoodie, that's your man right there. He'll definitely do it as well. He will, and I hope they turn him away at the gate. Bye, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. You're not playing. Harold Varner wants a word with you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He said, anyone who's bothered about gol- uh, hoodies and golfers probably sucks at golf anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that bit right. <laughs> yeah. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple couple that surprised me, like I said before. The, um, the final list that we've got here. Sunji Im. Surprised he hasn't played in the in, in the Masters before. Yeah. He's won, he's won this year as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He's won this year, yeah. Where did he win? Honda back in March was it before COVID? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he. I remember, yeah, because he was playing unbelievable golf, wasn't he, before the lockdown? But he hasn't been. He, he sort of knocked off his form. Pretty similar to Rory. Rory had all them top. Ever, everything was inside the top five, and then COVID hit. He had a break, and he just hasn't been the same since, has he? Wow. Hmm. But definitely one to watch out for. Is he twenty two? Um, and he's just outside the world's top 30. He's yeah, I feel like he's been around years too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he has. Because he's come on the scene so early, yeah. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? But yeah, another Mexican. We just talked about Ortiz there, flying the flag for the Mexicans. Abraham Anser. He's down to world number 22 now. He doesn't... It'd be good if, it, be good if he won there and we had back-to-back Mexican winners after Trump gets leg from the White House, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm that. Have that Trump, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I say, other other rookies. Then you've got Lanto Griffin. It's his first time. Sebastian Munoz, his first time. He won the Sanderson Farms last year. Yeah, he won that. He won that with it in a playoff against him. Who? Munoz. Yeah, who did he beat him? Him. Yeah, who? Sunjo Sunjay. Him, like. Oh, him. 
<laughs> thought you said him, as in like him. him. As in like his... <laughs> That's, so uh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. It's all off Russia with that, isn't it? <laughs> you, you was blind. <laughs> Only on the Bogey Boys podcast. That is brilliant. That one. It is a bit and, of a. His name's actually Im Sung Jae. That's where they must they must be getting confused in Korea or wherever he's from as well. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Im. <laughs> so yeah, then you've got. Uh, a winner on the PGA Tour this year, but I'm surprised that this is his first year as well. He's 33, Jason Cockrack. This is his first goal. I know when we found out, didn't we? He's a player, remember? Yeah, we did. We got, got his fact yeah. file up, didn't we? He's actually a baller. Fact checked him to the max, and we, we, <laughs> we found out exactly what he's about. So then you've got three very, very big names in the game who are rookies this year who are definitely ones to look out for and will most certainly, you'd think, be up there in the leaderboard. Scotty Scheffler, Matthew Wolf, and Colin Morikawa, all first time. Well, major champion, Morikawa. Yeah, won the US PGA. Yeah. You've got Matthew Wolf, who can bomb it. And he can play as well. He gets, can get go low, Wolf. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how these for, how these perform, these rookies, because you, you look at them and you think, unbelievable talent there. There's a lot of unbelievable talent, people who can shoot very low scores, past winners on the PJ Tour already. So they've been there and they've done it against the top calibre of golfers they're playing against now anyway. Yeah. But then you've also got to think it's it's Augusta National. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a challenge. So yeah, in addition to the 21 rookies and the seven pensioners, we've also got the youngsters, the amateurs, I say youngsters doesn't necessarily mean the young because they're amateurs, but you know what I mean. The young, yeah. the young, the youngest of the bunch, Abel Gallegos, he's a rookie. He's never played there before. He won the Latin American Amateur to get his invite. Um, don't know nothing about him. He's Argentinian. Um, so as I say, it's always good to keep a lookout in, in, in the amateurs just to see how they get on to see if there's any any starlets. And you've got Lucas Mitchell. He won the US Mid Amateur when he became the first Australian to do so. Um, so he gets his place. Well, he obviously went to college over there or something, did he? Can you just, like, how is he Australian? How is he winning the US amateur? Can you do that? Well, yeah, anyone, anyone can enter it, yeah. It's, it's, oh, right. it's not just for US. It's, it's anybody, if, if, you, if you get in the ballot, you can enter the tournament, yeah. It's like the British, Americans can play in the British amateur and the British can play in the American amateur, yeah, US amateur. Oh, I thought it was like, um, I was suppose, yeah, because I remember Bobby Jones went and won all four, didn't he? The US Open, the... The British yeah, amateur, yeah, the British yeah. Amateur, US amateur, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. On it. On it. So, yeah, so he'll be playing. He actually did play in the US Open, uh, but missed the cup by about 11 shots. Um, yeah, back when Bryson ruined golf, didn't he, at the US Open? Is that right? I got oh, that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, another one. Um, he's returning to Augusta. It's been three years since he's been there. I think I've pronounced this right. Yuxin Lin, Chinese guy. Um, he played at Augusta when he was only 17, three years ago, when he missed the cut. So he's back this year, um, age 20. Oh, I remember him. I remember him turning up, yeah. Do you remember him, the young 17-year-old? big deal about him, wasn't it? Yeah, and he ends up missing the cut. I think he missed the cut by a shot or two. He was going down 18, because did he play with Tiger? Yeah, I think he did play with Tiger. He you played know, with yeah. Tiger, didn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, and he only just missed the cut. So maybe he'll learn from those experiences. And Got to, haven't you? It's, it's going to help, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Is he the only, probably the only rookie who's not an amateur? Any? I mean, the only amateur who's not a rookie. Yeah, he's. Has anyone else played there? No, I don't think they have. Yeah, so I think he's the only one that's not actually a rookie. Yeah, be interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah, it's but, uh, there's three other 
amateurs who were playing and they were all Walker Cup players last year. So some good talent there. The US amateur winner of Pioneers last year, Andy Ogletree. Yeah. Um, so he's waited a long time for his for his master's opportunity, 18, 19 months since he won the US amateur. But he has made four PGA appearances since that. Um, but he's missed the cut each time. Um, James Sergu, Irish guy. He's currently ranked eighth best amateur in the world. I went to the Walker Cup. Uh, I think it was last year. It was in Hoylake. Yeah, Royal Liverpool. Golf that Ogletree stood out. Um, another young lad, Connor Goff, I think it was. Don't know where he is now. No, I'm not the sure. Irish, there was an Irish, I couldn't really say his name, that Irish that you just said. James Sergu, yeah. Well, he's James there. Sergu. Yeah. He won the, he won the 2019 and, British um, Amateur. August, someone, August, someone. Yeah, John Augustine, yeah, he's there oh, as well. Was he, he, yeah, was he there as well? Yeah, he's there as well. He come runner up to the Ogletree. Ogletree beat him in the US Amateur. Um, and he's currently ranked 18th best amateur in the world. So, And he also played in the US Open in September, but he missed the cut. So probably open to building that experience. So yeah, yeah. you've got six amateurs in the field. Um, one has been there before. So there's only really the, the least experienced, the young guy, the Argentinian, Abel Gallegos. So... Be interesting to see. He's the only one really who hasn't got any sort and of even background. if he even if he misses the cut, it's still going to be an experience for him either way, isn't it? So he's, yeah, he's old for Argentinian. He's like there's not that many Argent like South America's getting getting there, isn't it? Like they've got like a Chilean, they got uh, like a, a couple of Argentinians coming through. Like it's, it's not that yeah. it's not that big in South America, is it? But it's getting there. The last the last Argentine was any good? Cabrera wasn't it? Cabrera won the. Well, was I remember he... Romero. I was Romero, yeah. Yeah, but Cabrera's actually won the green jacket twice, hasn't he? Twice yeah. or three times, yeah. So, you know, there's there's definitely some talent coming out there. So, one to watch. I like to see how the amateurs do. So, it'll be interesting to see how they fare. And then that leaves 59 of your household names, players that we're all familiar with, um, although some of them are going to have a better chance than others, given um, the current form. So, there's players that we sort of dismissed well, I've dismissed them anyway. <laughs> I'll get your money on them quick. <laughs> if I'm saying the shite, they're definitely going to make the cut, oh, aren't my, they? I'm changing all my picks now, because whatever you say now, I'm backing. <laughs> I'm picking them with reason, though. So, Jimmy Walker, um, his best finish at the Masters was tied eighth in 2014, but he's only made two cuts since the restart of play this year, so not a man in form. No. You've got Shugo Imahira, he uh, made his Masters debut last season, um, but he's missed the cut that year. Same again this year. Nothing to no form to go off at all, and don't fancy he's gonna he's gonna do anything or be anywhere. Rafael Cabrera Bayer, he's gone well off the well off the ball. He's outside the top hundred. Floats in and out him, doesn't he? Mm, he's just it's like he was quality when we were in college, and then you don't hear about, him, and then he pops up with a win. It's like. He's just got one of them swings, which you think he like like an Adam Scott, you know, a pure golf swing. Yeah, I think Al doesn't he win every week, like exactly. Yeah, but he's outside the hundred top hundred and thirty in the world now. Is he? Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for the pandemic and the way everything got changed, he would have lost his card. Um, he's yeah, been well, getting... one of them. Then they get even hungry and they end up going and then winning. Yeah, he's like this is me. This is me chance. Yeah, does this happen for a reason? But yeah, no, he's just. Been... If you're going in there with no pressure, it take it's like that uh, when we done that interview last week. There's no pressure. It takes it off you. You're, you're swinging freely. Yeah, you you're fine. That's all. Yeah. yeah. We done an interview with Tim Ford, didn't we? Um, yeah, professional yeah. routine. He, he turned pro off scratch plus one, and he said he just yeah. goes into tournaments with no expectations, and he's turned around. He's won a few, so yeah. just shows you, doesn't it? You think take the pressure off yourself, and it and, and sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't. But Cabrera Breo, no, being absolutely 
shite. Straight on him then. <laughs> and a few others, just Justin Harding, again, nothing to shout about. Graham McDowell, absolute legend back in 2010, 11, 12. He won this year as well. Graham McDowell has. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Fact he has. Fact check. Fact check that. <laughs> Don't think... Not, not after the pandemic. No, before. Maybe then. We'll fact check that. Yeah. He's still on my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew Landry, he won the American Express in January this year, uh, but done nothing since. Mark Leishman, we spoke about him and his cut on his grass and his bare feet. He loves again. It, yeah. See, he, he made the tour championships, didn't he? Um, but again, we, we, we spoke about that while he was doing the tour championship. He pretty much finished last. In all of them, didn't he? Like I think the BMW Championships, he finished dead last, but he'd made the he'd made the Tour Championships anyway. And then Ches Reevy, absolute papa, hit it straight, but doesn't hit it, doesn't hit it nowhere. So I think with the field, he's just going to be overpowered on the field, and I don't fancy that. Out of the fifty nine players that are not rookies, not amateurs, I'm seeing these niners. Forget about them. What do you think? Well, Graham McDowell won the Saudi Invitational in January to beating Dustin Johnson by two shots. <laughs> <laughs> the, power, the power of Google. <laughs> Honestly, that just, you know what? It just stuck in my brain that he'd won. Yeah. I don't know why. And then when you said it, writing him off, I'm like, I'm sure he's won this year. So, what do you mean? you harsh. Still writing him off. Who else? Andrew Landry won January this year. But yeah. he's been absolutely shite since. Do you know what I mean? It's no, just, no. No, no, you're right, you're right to write them off, yeah. So that leaves us with 50 players. Now, the household names, everybody will know who they are. We don't really need to to go through them one by one. But what we will do, we've got our picks, haven't we? If we go yeah. five picks each, do you want to go first? Yeah, I've picked then... five players, but then there's one player, and you're talking about form, the most out-of-form golfer ever, 10 starts, one, one top 10 in 2020, defending okay. champion, Tiger Woods. That's his <laughs> form this season. Is it? Yeah. And you've gone Tiger, have you? No, no, I'm just saying. That's one notable, like, not informed player that you just can't write off. Do you know what right. I mean? Right. Okay. Yeah. I know what you mean. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I thought you were going with him then. Oh, no, no, no. I've gone with my man, always loved him, best man ever, Big Bryce. <laughs> a couple of things about him. He's only played once since the US Open, so that's a bit of a reservation I've got about him. Like he obviously has been testing his new sticks and all that, and he is forty-eight inch driver that he's bringing down. Yeah, so it's... he's only played once, and he so it's I don't know. Does that the help? Rust, does yeah, ring rust. ring rust. Yeah, like you say on, on course rust. Yeah, is he and he's not playing competitive golf? Yeah, and his, his best finish is tied twenty-first in two thousand and fifteen. I think that was when he was an amateur, right? Or, okay. or when he was a rookie. He does. So, he, he struggles on the greens. Yeah, it's it's a well known thing. He does struggle on the greens. And I think it's because book not allowed his book. Maybe, maybe that not. Maybe that throws him. I don't know. But yeah, we're gonna do questions later. And there's a good question about Bryson. So we're gonna we're gonna finish with Bryson because it's only right that we do so. Yeah. Um, given given the spiel about him. But yeah, no Bryson. Well, I read I read the thing as well. Um, he can actually drive the third with a three wood, and he could possibly have a wedge into thirteen. So that's a fucking advantage, isn't it? Well, Jack Nicholas says if he gets his angles right, he can drive the first. Well, there which you is go. Unbelievable. So I've when I was watching the ninety-seven and two thousand and one today, I've clipped a couple of interviews together. One of Demarco and one of Target himself actually talking about his own game, and they're saying like Target even says himself in ninety-seven, I am hitting sandwich and pitching wedge, and some of these guys are hitting six seven irons in. So my distance is giving me an advantage. 
And then in turn, in 2001, DeMarco said he had a sandwich in his hand there and I had a seven iron actually backing up what, what he target was saying in 2001. Yeah. So it's obviously, I need a bit tighter in 2001, obviously, but then what he done in 97. But it just shows you that distance does play a factor. Everyone's saying, oh, what's it going to be at Augusta? Because like, it's going to be shaping, it's going to be a bit different to what, like, to like just bombing it out there and you can't, you could got less places to miss it, but it's obviously played a factor for Tiger, hasn't it? Definitely. And when you look at the distance, nobody will be hitting the ball like DeMarco these days. You've got a full field of lads who will have pretty much a sandwich or a, a pitching wedge into to these greens. The only difference this year is going to be Bryson's probably going to be looking to drive the greens. But yeah. is that is that going to be his downfall? Is he going to come unstuck because of that? And I say it, it's it's an interesting. It's going to be an interesting watch because if he lives up to what he's promising us and what he's saying and all this build up he's given us, he's going to be getting driver out and he's just going to be whacking it as yeah. f- fast and as hard as he can. He's going to see it go off like a like an aeroplane, and you just want to see it just land on those greens, don't you? Like a like 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 the Happy Gilmore film yeah, where he just say, yeah. <laughs> green is like 400 yards away <laughs> so go on who's number two uh, number two I'm going to go for uh, Rory you know yeah it's like he's basically had one arm in it Annie. he yeah in 2011 yeah. when he blew up down it went triple bogey and then double down 10, 10 11 12 in 2011 in, uh, yeah 2011 when he done that he four put to 12 didn't he yeah he needs it to complete the grand slam this is so it. it's but then, like, he needed to be wanted bad, but now it's um, the pressure as well, isn't it? I think that's half the problem. He he knows that once he's done this, this is his, that's the career grand, grand slam. That's everything any any golf would want. There's only five, is it four or five players that are on that list? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's few and far between getting that. So, so get yourself on that list and to cement yourself in history, it puts it's put it puts a lot of pressure on them. Especially but, people telling you and talking to you about it all the time. Like you know what I mean, down the booze with your mates. Ah, you can't win the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> but as well, he um another notable point of it, um, when it's long and soft, he tore it up like a congressional. So I think obviously if he's been listening, like we know he is, and he puts his phone back down, he could have a real shot this week. <laughs> Good luck, Rory. <laughs> Good luck, Rory. <laughs> Um, another one who's got no whatsoever form around Augusta, but he's he's the informed man at the minute is Terrell Hatton. Yeah, but his, yeah. his best finisher at Augusta is tied forty fourth. But it's a different Terrell Hatton now, isn't it? Yeah, completely different there. player. Injury free, he's had his operations. He's not got no pain, and you just got to look at his current form. Top ten again last week at Houston Open. Well, that's it. But it is it's Augusta. It's like 2018, Mr. Court, 56th and 44th. That's it. Yeah. But he's also had a win each either side of the pond and either side of COVID. So he's flying. He won the BMW and he won the um, Armour Palmer Invitation as well. Go on, number three. Was that number three? Was it? Uh, number four. This number four. Yeah. Um, is world number one. Dustin Johnson. He's finished second last year. And he's um his last four masters, he's been top tens. He finished second last week and he didn't really shoot the lights out. He started level par and he's just been consistent. Six six, sixty six, sixty-five. He need so he, he needs carries. he needs he needs no introduction, really, does he? I mean he anybody on into Augusta, he's anybody who knows golf knows DJ. People saying it's Brooks to lose because of his distance, it's not. Tita Green, there's nobody better at the moment than DJ. No. If he can get if he can get that putter rolling, um, he'd be tough to catch. Yeah, but and also another little one. He's he's always there or thereabouts. The showstopper, Jan de Shoffley. Yeah, 
second last year as well with DJ. He turns up for the majors, him. I know, and there's an interesting thing. He's second on tour for the whole like for the whole season from twenty to thirty yards. So missing the greens there and thereabouts could fare him well to. He's a great wedge player, yeah. He is. He's unbelievable with the short sticks, yeah. He is. Yeah. He's, he's an all. He's an all-round brilliant player. Well, yeah, in his, yeah, shuffling in his majors is thirteen majors, five top fives, seven top tens, and nine top twenty-fives. So he's about, isn't he? Yeah, and even when you look at like the big, the other big tournaments, like the Tour Championships, you I mean he's won, he's won the FedEx. He's also come second twice in the FedEx. So he's always there or thereabouts and competing when it, when, when the pressure's on. He's just got one of those swings that just deals with the pressure, hasn't he? Yeah, he's quality man. Good player, good picks. It's yeah, hard not. It's, it's hard not to have good picks, though, isn't it? <laughs> That's what. Unless you're picking Leishman or McDowell in your book. <laughs> so I've gone for. A little bit outside the box from my first pick, but with reason. I've gone for Ricky Fowler. Ah. He's not a man in form, but there's reasons for that. He's completely transforming his swing at the minute. And he's having spells of the Ricky that we know can turn up. So I've just got a feeling, and my feelings are always a million miles away where they should be, but I've just got a feeling that he's just not too far away. Well, uh, I don't although, think Ricky's ever really been there. From what yeah. he when he burst onto the scene and they're talking like he's an he's like like David was saying when they were in Kentucky, when he was in Kentucky and he was in uni, they were sending camera crews down and stuff like that. It's like he's yeah. never really fulfilled his potential. I don't think he's a bit of a floater, isn't he? Like yeah. he's all he's all he's someone who's always there, but he never seems to do it. But I, I just I don't know. I think I think something something's around the corner. Probably similar to when um, when Patrick Reed won in two thousand eighteen. Do you remember that one, two thousand eighteen? When I was there, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Reed won that year, but you'll know you were there. Ricky Fowler comes second to him. Yeah. So he can turn up. He's That's his best result two years ago, second. So a couple of puts go his way. He does win it. So I think he's definitely got the game around Augusta to challenge. He just needs to turn it on. So I'm go- I, I, I fancy him. I do. Next pick, Tommy Fleetwood. A man who you would say is out of form. Yeah, when you look at his results, but Tita Green is there not anyone really? better? Is he out of form, like for the year. I know he's had a couple of bad tournaments, but he's not fully out of form, is he? He's had a third. Lost in the playoff, didn't he? To to and Aaron Ray, second in the Scottish Open, so second in Portugal, yeah. or third in Portugal, was it? Yeah, no, yeah. does yeah, he's always there or thereabouts. Obviously, DJ from Tita Green is the best player in the world, but Tommy Fleetwood's close to him. You've got yeah, million well. He's he's first on the European tour with Tita Green, and he's first on the European tour with for Green's hit as well. Yeah, exactly. So for the season, it, and and that's one of the that's one of the sticking points that I've got with with picking him. It's it, it, it's just putting, but it's the fact he's never won on US soil. So yeah. when he's in Europe and he seems more comfortable in Europe, and he's he's a top top golfer, we know that, and we know what he's capable of. But he's never won on US soil, so. Um, but what he is going to do he's going to keep the ball in play and he's going to have plenty of chances so if he can get that putter working on those greens we've never had November greens or Augusta before so you never know I just I, I think this may be the year imagine they all turned up right and it was proper slow <laughs> <laughs> like four on the stint meter <laughs> well they've got that they've got that air system haven't they that's yeah, I like I hate to say it, like, but when we were standing there having a beer at the side of one of the eighth or whatever, there's a big fucking massive fan just blowing and things um what air up. Yeah, blowing yeah. the th- yeah. But they, they say that it, that only really impacts it if you give it 
a week or two to use it if there's been a lot of heavy rain to get it back to where it needs to be. If you do that the day before or like the day before an event, it doesn't really impact them that much. So if you get tons well, and it's tons... It's got to do something though, has it? Oh, it does do something, yeah. But I'm just saying the impact of the pace, it's not as... From, from what I've read and researched it's and, and interviews I've listened to, it doesn't really make a huge impact yeah. on, on, on the greens. It does... It Obviously, it does work. But to get the true impact, you've got to give it a week or two um, of doing it constantly to completely change to, to the results that you want. You say it, it, it's it's all about the putter, isn't it? About the magic stick for the likes of Tommy Fleetwood. If he can get that working, um, then he's going to have the chances, and he's going to be there or thereabouts. And he's showed in the past that he can, he can, he can challenge up there. Yeah, and he not, and he's not like he a rookie or not, is he? He's been to Augusta a few times. He had a good streak where he's holding loads. One he remember like a couple of years ago where he was making that yeah. charge. So. Yeah. It's he can do it. He can. He's well within his grasp to do. Yeah, man. So ne- sick, by the way, if Tommy won the Masters, that'd just be the that'd be the icing on the cake. put on the jacket on him and. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> would you want any? Fuck? Would you want anyone else? No. So speaking of Tiger, my man next, my pick number three, defending champion needs no introduction, does he? We absolutely love him. Nice. Yeah, so we. All I didn't know was... you were going to do Tiger. I thought you'd left them off the list, so I just introduced them before. No, no, yeah, that's <laughs> anyone why... didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he's had a lot of activity though, hasn't he? Since the restart and the tournament, he's come back. He hasn't really done much. So, oh, um, as I say, we've done Duff and chips, but holding the next one. So yeah. you can say what you want about the, the the Jason Duffin as he's throwing out there, but if he's not on the next one, it doesn't really matter, does it? No. With Tiger, with, he's won it five times. No, and you've got to think of the intimidation factor as well. If Tiger is around the top ten going into the weekend, and he, he's 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 prowling, then people are going to start thinking, "Holy shit, here he comes!" Because yeah. you know, you know, you get Tiger close going into Sunday in his red. He's got to be favourite, no matter who's there. Look at last last time we played and what happened with with the likes of Molinari and Kepka. Um, Kepka. Throwing yeah. it in the throwing it in. That's what I was saying thing. last week. When it's like when Moses parted the sea and he's God just walked through. <laughs> whatever, whatever happened. <laughs> hey, I read there he's got to sit. Like well, I heard on there when I was watching the ninety-seven or the was ninety-seven. Yeah, he's got the worst ever front nine of the first round by a champion by an eventual winner. Yeah, in ninety-seven when he won it, he shot forty front nine. Yeah. He had a shocker, didn't he? And then he shot 30 back now, was he? He was playing with Faldo, yeah, he wasn't he? Put, he had the put for 29. He was playing with Faldo, wasn't he? Yeah. Nick Faldo, yeah, I remember it. Unbelievable. They both chip in on the 12 as well. It's sick. Doesn't surprise me. Next pick, world number two, John Ram. Yeah. Surprisingly, this is only going to be his fourth appearance. Well, he's only 25, isn't he? Only 25, yeah. And his best finish was fourth. And guess what year that was in? 2018. <laughs> You had a good in 2018, you. Who the fuck? Patrick Reed won. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got Ricky Fowler come second, and then John Rahm come fourth, and then tied second. Who, who was tied second then? Let's see how pissed you was on Sunday. Wait, I can't remember. <laughs> Brooks Kepke. Oh, my, final, Kepke, was he, yeah? my final pick, yeah. So I wasn't sure about picking him after his injury, but when I watched him at the Houston Open last week, shooting them 65-65, I just think he's he's turning it on at the right time. Seems yeah, fit. Just, again, like we just spoke about this, it's statistics. Statistics. <laughs> um, Say that again. <laughs> it's um, it's chipping. Yeah. 
could let him down big time. Yeah, it could. It could. And on these greens, yeah, you, 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 the, the margins are so slim, aren't they? If you, if you get it wrong slightly, you can, you can look absolutely terrible. Because you need all sorts of chips in the bag, don't you? Like, you need the high ones. Like, I was watching Tiger. He was hitting bump and runs. He was, like, he's hitting three woods, like little dinky three woods. He's playing full swing flop shots from the side of the green. Um, yeah. In, the, in 2001. You need, you need that variety. And this is where, this is where when you talk about that, you, your technique is good, but around those around that with that Bermuda grass and chipping around the green. I think Rory McElroy's come out and said um he played a couple of weeks ago and be, the weather hasn't been hot enough to burn the Bermuda. So the grass around the greens is a much is much tougher than he expected it to be. So you're gonna see some shots. This is from Rory who's a good chipper in his own right. And he's come out and said that because of the weather conditions, it's it's more, gonna be much tougher around the greens. So as you say there it'd be interesting to see how we go around the greens. It'd be interesting to put a um, a little bet on this tournament being won over par, especially yeah. if you're saying it's that tough. No one's really used to it in November. If they grow the greens, like I was saying, and put it to four on the stint meter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Hurricane Etta, is it? That's heading in. Don't start with that. I know. I seen, I seen Jimmy Walker and like Brittany Lincoln both posted on the socials there. And I was like, what's this? Went on, had a look, and it like could head towards Georgia. Don't say that. Don't that will that will be twenty twenty all over, wouldn't it? That will literally that will make it such a good watch though. As long as it doesn't impact the 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 day. A good watch what? Watching them fucking getting blown around the place. <laughs> no, I mean that's what I mean. As long as it's not on the day that they're playing and it comes before, just to change the conditions so the USGA can't manipulate it, the Masters can't manipulate it as much yeah. as they'd like. Oh, let let nature let nature take its course. But yeah, they're my picks anyway. So Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, Tiger Woods, John Ram, and Brooks Kepka. They're the five standouts for me who I think are going to be there or thereabouts. But as we know, for the BB Order of Meta finale, we can only have three. So what are your three picks, Kev? I'm going for Rory, DJ, and Big Bryce. Nice picks. <laughs> my God, you're saying that like you want them. Like <laughs> It makes a nice order at the at the Chinese, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna get that. <laughs> For me, it's gonna be Tommy Fleetwood, John Ram, Brooks Kepke. Left nice tiger, pick. left nice tiger out, and as much as much nice picks, nice picks, and as much as I mentioned Ricky there, I do think he'll do all right. But just Ricky and Tiger. Yeah, I always back Tiger. Oh, but I back him in the bookies. I back him in the bookies, but. You know what mad's on my phone just that day, so I can't check the bet. But I swear to God, a couple of months ago, I put money on Sung M to win the Masters. You know, weirdly. Did you know it was his first goal? <laughs> nah, I, don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I can't wait to show you this. <laughs> we'll post it on the socials if it's legit. I'll get it up. Yeah. So now we promised it last week, didn't we, Kev? We should have a little game between us both. So we're going to do yeah. a little. A little master's quiz, yeah. So disclaimer. I had, I had five questions, but I've just took it down to three. Yeah, three each, yeah. Disclaimer before we start, and you can believe us or not, we have no idea what questions are coming here. So yeah. literally they could be the questions could be the same. So forgive us, but go on. Do you want to go first? We do one question each or three. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, just pretty three just simple little fun questions, really. Yeah, bit of a fact find. Yeah, what is the highest number ever taken on a hole at Augusta. Can you give me the hole? And I'll give you... No, I'm not giving you the hole, actually. Okay. It's um, in Amen Corner. So it's either it's not the hole you're thinking. So it's either 11, 12 or 13. 
Yeah. I would I wouldn't say it was 13 because that's the easiest of the three. But Why then you try for the number first. Okay. Number, I'm gonna go for eleven. Up. Fourteen. Down. Twelve. <laughs> Up. <laughs> <laughs> As if <laughs> he should not be named thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. A thirteen. Was it, was it thirteen on thirteen? No, no, on the twelfth. Thirteen on twelve. Yeah, the second was what is the most amount of birdies ever made in one round or Augusta? And a bonus point for telling me who it was. I'll give you a clue. World beater, but you just don't see him anymore. Like he should still be playing. Okay. Go for the number first. Man or number one, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna go Jordan Spieth. No. I, no. Go for the number of, of what you think that have made in one round. Twelve. Eleven. Eleven birdies in one round. Yeah, sick that, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Who was it? Anthony Kim. Will be said, you say? He was sick, him. Who? Anthony Kim. Him. <laughs> Kim and him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. a, he a sick man, Kim, wasn't he? Unbelievable. Well, um, obviously, a few injuries and all that, any? Yeah, no, he was a class player, him, yeah. Who has made the most consecutive cuts and the number? Man, I've got two part questions. <laughs> Most consecutive cuts has got to be Gary Player. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, man. Why? It's... Why did you say that? Well, just because he's 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 been around the longest, hasn't he? He hasn't he... got the most cuts, though. He hasn't got the most. That was one of my other questions, but I've had to dumb it down to three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that he's made forty-five cuts. Jesus, yeah. Then let me just tell you that in a row. <laughs> This is in a row. Go on. 23. 23 cuts. The most row. cuts ever made is 34, by the way, by Jack Nicholas. Is it? Yeah. Unbelievable. 23 in a row. Not bad, that is it. 23 cuts in a row, man. And especially around there. I know. When you know how much how, how many tricky holes there are. Yeah. So you scored no points. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what I expected to score. <laughs> I know, well, mine were hard, man, because I didn't want to do them too easy, like, you know what I mean? Who won in what year or whatever? Oh, yeah, I think you've got this then, man, easy. So, what player has played the most times at the Masters? Well, just because he's made the most cuts, I'm going to go with Jack Nicholas. No. No? Gary, Gary Player. I actually give you that before, you know. You know when you said, why did you say Gary Player? And I said, because he's played the most times. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, shit, I've just given away the first answer there. <laughs> oh, my God, that just shows how much I wasn't... I just don't listen to you. <laughs> I think we're used to that now. Sick, that. So this one's multiple choice. Name the youngest Masters champion. Was it A, Jordan Spieth, B, Seve Ballesteros, or C, Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods. Correct. Only because I've seen it today, 21 years, 84 days or something. Okay, now. <laughs> <laughs> I've just watched four or five documentaries on him. <laughs> so th- would you have known that beforehand? Yeah, I knew that. And then the final question, who is the only player to lose the Masters in a playoff twice? Ben Hogan. Are you cheating? No, just because... Do... <laughs> <laughs> only because he's the only person I could actually think of that had lost it in a playoff once. Oh, with Sam Sneed, yeah. Yeah, because of, of the goat debate. Yeah, okay. 2-0, Kev, well done. Did you, is that right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. <laughs>
Moving swiftly on then. So we've we've spoke about the players that are playing this year. We've given a rundown of who we fancy, who we don't fancy, the rookies, the amateurs. So it's only right that we talk about the course. Augusta National measures 7,475 yards. It's a par 72. But what's so unique about this course is that each hole offers its own challenge, whether it's the shape that's required off the tee, the undulations on the fairway, the certain different hazards around the course, the trees with the pine needles, or those fast, tricky greens. Um, but none more so, we've mentioned it before, than Amen Corner. So we're just going to spend a little bit of time now, aren't we, Kev, just talking about Amen Cor- Corner, because this is where the Masters has been won and lost over the years. Yeah. Um, for any listeners who are unfamiliar with Amen Corner? Well, if anyone is listening to this and they're unfamiliar with Amen Corner, they might as well switch it off. <laughs> Fair enough. Wouldn't really be listening to a golf podcast if you don't know what Amen Corner is, surely. No, definitely. And not. if you're there, message in and I'll say sorry to you. <laughs> well, if you're there, it's holes 11, 12 and 13. Uh, they're the lowest points on the course. Uh, and over the years, they've caught out so many players because of the, the way the wind swells. It's like its own little pocket and its corner. So, yeah, it makes a lot of golfers look stupid. And we've seen a lot of very, very high scores, like you've just mentioned there, on that par 3 12, the highest ever score was the 13. And that's, that's a own, joke, isn't it? It's just, it just shows you it's a, a difficult run of holes, isn't it? There's so much it's, you can do. It's one of them. Like, as you say, you're making a 13 on a par 3. You wouldn't even dream of doing that, would you? No, definitely not. Like, you I, wouldn't, I would never let myself get to that because there'd either be an NR on the cards or it'd be a blob on the stable for <laughs> So the corner itself, the Amen corner itself, it's situated on the back of the 12th tee box. And the reason it's so popular is because it allows you to see the approach into the 11th green, the whole of the par 3 12th and the tee shot into the 13th hole. So that corner alone, you know what I mean? You're you're in a position where you see the Masters won and lost in this one spot. You can see those shots going into 11 where you can miss as far right as you want, but you hit it left in the water and you're gone. But when you do miss it right, everything's downhill to the water. So that chip is so intimidating. Yeah. And then you get onto 12. We spoke about 12, how difficult that par three is. Well, I think Rory had a bit of a mare there, didn't he? We just said. Yeah, well, Rory, yeah. Well, he, he, was... he had a double, didn't he? I seen uh, Kepka put it in the water there last year, was it? Yeah. 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 And he, few people struggled because it's one of them. It's because it's sheltered by the trees. You can get a bit balloony with the, with a, it's only a wedge or a nine iron, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, over the years, you just talk about Rory blowing up there. He blew up on, I think he was 11 under going on to Amen Corner. And by the time he'd finished, he was five under. Yeah. <laughs> so he lost six he shots. Triple bogey, double, didn't he? 10, 11, 12. Yeah, we four putted. Um, well, he, he he hit the green on twelve and four putted for the double bogey. Yeah, but you, you, I don't know if you know this, but Jack Nicholas on twelve, it's a stone cold shank in nineteen ninety five off the tee. Yeah, yeah. And there's Polter done that as well. Polter's done it. Shank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more recently, two thousand sixteen. Remember Jordan Spieth? He made a bogey on eleven, and then he hit two in Ray's Creek. Yeah. Lost his chance of winning it, so he, he did it, and then he dropped one, and then he fatted it straight back into the creek from about remember, 60, 60 yards. Mad, it? So it's just it's because con- because like we said, there eleven. There's so much room out to the right, but then you go left and you're in the water. You go right, you've got that tricky green down to the water. Twelve, we've just spoke about, but even thirteen, it's a par five that's reachable and two. But if you hit your driver straight without the draw, 
you're going into the pine needles, you're into too far left, and you're in the creek down the left-hand side, and then it's risk-reward going for the green. I think Bryson needs to watch out. If he gets a big bounce watching that creek in front of the green... Well, this is it, yeah. This is it because it's it, that creek goes right the way down, runs through the front, and then that's Ray's Creek. That's in the, in, in the front of the 12. So there's just yeah. so many hazards to think about. And this is what everyone's saying about Bryson. Oh my God, this is unbelievable. Bryson's going to do this. Bryson's going to do that. A couple of bad bounces, the undulations on that course, it's not as it's not going to be as straightforward as people are saying. Well, in, in I think it was into that in 97. Sorry, I think Tiger was in Pitchmerge into that fit into 15. That's yeah. just after that, isn't it? So, and you're to par five. And now you're going to think Bryson's going to be doing that, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, that, you got 15, which is the par five with the big lake in front of it, isn't it? Yeah. In the middle. And then you've got 16, which is the par three, where you can get it on the, that Sunday pin's amazing, isn't it? The amount it's of people who nearly get hole in ones or yeah. feeds down into well, it. Bryson's had a hole in one there, hasn't he, on the Sunday? Last year, wasn't it? Was yeah, that last, last year? year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was watching one of them today. Trevor Immelman got a hole in one um, in the 2005 one, the same year that Tiger done that chip in your life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, just, I was reading about Augusta, you know, because Tiger ripped it apart in 97. Yeah. And then, obviously, come back and won in 2001. And then he won in 02, and then he won in 05. And then between 96 and 2006, they've added 500 yards to the course. So they're not Bryson proving causes, they've been target proving causes for years. For year. So now if Bryson goes now and does it in, what are they gonna do? They're gonna have to just have build an extra yardage from somewhere. They'll dig they'll dig a few more creeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The creeks are 350 instead of 250, like the olden days. <laughs> yeah. But look, we're in for the treats, whichever way you look at it. No, it's um, gonna It's gonna be unbelievable. I mean, this 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 is normally April time, and you look at the pictures, and you think it would it was still April. All right, there's you got the the autumn. well, it's green in it, but you can see in the trees that it's not yeah it's not got, all green, is it? There's a bit bit of leaves dropping off, isn't it? You've got the autumn colours, but the, yeah. the condition of the course just looks phenomenal, doesn't it? I know you must have some serious leaf blowers going around there, mate, to get rid of them all. It just <laughs> looks there's not one leaf out of place, isn't there? Nothing at all. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. But like we said there at the beginning, before we finish and depart on our masters review and look forward to an exciting Augusta this week. We've got one question from one of our listeners. Has Bryson got the shape set for the Masters? In very interesting question. Like when Tiger and these people are winning, they can shape it both ways, can't they? Like Bryson's welly in it that hard. Like, is he losing his shape? Yeah. Can he and draw he- it round even corner and then fade it down 10 or whatever? Do you know what I mean? It's like... When he's hitting it so far, he's not... His bad shots are quite bad, aren't they? It's, it's a yeah. big, it's a big pull. So look at thirteen. If he tries to take that corner and he pulls it slightly, then he's going to look stupid because he's going to be in the middle of the woods and he's not. Got, it's going to be at three off the tee. And then how many times is he going to do that? I think he's just going in knowing that, though, isn't he? So, so what? What? What was the record for birdies? Did you say in one round? Yeah, eleven. Do you think he'll beat that? Given, given how far and how many chances he's going to have, I think no. if he get no. I think if he gets the ball in play, I tell you what. Then let's do double or quits on that bet rather than taking it to the vote. I yeah. think, Go I think on. Bryce, I think Bryson's going to get more than eleven birdies. I think we take it to a vote anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'll have double or quits. You think Bryson's getting more than eleven birdies in one round? I do. Jesus, why don't you pick him then? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to have a few a few battles. I don't think he's going to win. All right. 
I can't wait. It's going to be an unbelievable day. It's going to be an unbelievable tournament. Just before we go, obviously, we'll be back next week. We've got another couple of the professional routes coming. We're going yeah. to re- review the Masters next week. We'll announce the winner of the BB Order of Merit. And that will conclude season one of the Borgie Boys podcast. So we hope you've enjoyed it. We've got season two coming next year where we're going to be bringing a lot more a lot more segments, some new segments, some 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 original segments are going to return, um, and we've got some really good stuff planned, especially as we go into twenty twenty one, a hectic season on the PGA Tour, the European Tour is picking up as well with some top talent. So, uh, and we're going to be getting a lot of video footage, providing the lockdown doesn't cause too many problems. We'll be getting a lot of video footage. We've got our BB Golf Day next year. Plenty oh, to look forward to, Kev. I can't wait, man. Yeah, but like we say, continue to listen, continue to provide feedback. You can like, you can share, you can comment, uh, spread the word. Give us some shit, as I always say. As we always say, yeah. And anybody listening who's not got us following us on the social media, it's at Bogey Boys Pod. That's the same on Twitter and on Instagram. Give us a follow, tell your friends to follow us. And we've also got some discount codes. So if you want to purchase from Arcos Golf or you want to purchase from React Collection, if you go to the link in our bio on both Instagram and Twitter, you can click on the posts and at checkout, you can do Bogey Boys 10 and get 10% off for any Arcos equipment and BB10 is valid until the end of November. So if you want to get any any clothing in, do girls and boys stuff, you've got until the end of November to use that code and get 10% off um, any purchases made online. Boom. We are delivering for the people <laughs> and we will continue to do so. But until next week, we hope you enjoy the Masters. We enjoy, We hope you've enjoyed the episode and we will check in next week to see who holds the green jacket. Ciao.